get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of, of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. I'm your host, uh, joined by a very um, cloudy, murky-looking uh, Danish schooner um, working from his laptop at work. Um, what are you doing there? Um, are, should we give people a clue? Give them a clue. So you're at work. What are you doing? Well, there's there's a call going on right now, but I'm on I'm crime watch, so um, I'm monitoring people with electronic tax. Okay, okay, and there's loads of those in Denmark, eh? Um, yeah, the, the crime crime Multi people. Well, well, it is it is for BBC and so on. Dan, good to see you again. Uh, saw you at the weekend. Uh, we saw you. Um, you know. Getting about on the uh, on the North Bank, uh, <laughs> I you needed uh, you needed to um, yes, yeah, uh, I put mute. Um, uh, you need to use a, a loud hailer uh, to get your, your yourself across in the um, in the North Bank at the weekend. Well, there's been so many complaints about the atmosphere not being loud enough. We've all got to do a bit, haven't we? So uh, yeah, trying trying our best. I, I feel like I need one of them. I need a drum as well, a drum and a, yeah. a microphone. Definitely, definitely, we definitely need to get a loud hailer. I'm sure you get it in as well, you know, because like, all the stewards in that corner uh, quite like you in that way. So. I'm very quiet, so you know, I do need something to raise the voice. You do, Trev. Uh, how are you doing, mate? Hello, mate. I, well, I'm knackered. I've, I've got talked into work in the day. I've been in about 10 minutes, so I've just sat down. I've not looked at any of the um running orders, so nothing changes. Um, yeah, I, it's gonna be an interesting show tonight, I think, because. I think that there's a lot of different opinions going on at the moment about what we're seeing on the football field at our great football club. Um, and it'll be interesting to get some views. Yeah, a shout out, first of all, as well, before we start to Dan Howlett, one of uh, our friends on the North Bank. Um, he couldn't make the game at the weekend because he's only gone and done it. He's only proposed to his girlfriend and she said yes. So congratulations to you. Fool. Absolute fool. <laughs> Berg, I'm not going to lie. When you put that, when you put that in the lineup, I read the top line. It said Dan proposed to someone. I was up like, I didn't have that many drinks. Did I on the weekend? I realised it wasn't me. No, nobody would say yes, Dan. You know that. You do know that. So we had pre-drinks. You keep asking, and I keep saying no. Uh, this, this is true. We had pre-drinks in in the um, uh, we we pre-drinks in in the um Woodbine beforehand. Sorry, we lost Alex for a second. Um. And it, it was it wasn't too bad. Then we we made our way down to um, the stadium. Um, what did you make? There was no we had no real effort uh, or problems getting into the into the stadium. But there was an issue with just general the atmosphere. which seemed a little bit harder to get going. Why, why do you think that was, Dan? Was that was that more to do with the train strikes, the ballot system? What's your thoughts? I do think it was more to do with the train strikes. To be honest, with you look. Don't get me wrong. I think the ballot system is affecting things. 
and there's lots of things that we as we said before that we'd like to improve and, and some of the allocations to fans and the way it works in terms of getting tickets to loyal fans but I don't think that I think that's a little bit of an, of an excuse. You know, the atmosphere wasn't that bad, to be honest with you. Pre, pre-match, I thought was quite good. It wasn't the best I've seen, but it certainly was nowhere near the worst I've seen. And even around the um, the grounds, you know, watching the game back and just listening to our fans, it's a completely different stadium to what it was two or three years ago. And I think people forget where we've come from to where we are now. So I think let's not be too reactionary and too over the top. And that goes for not just the fans, but other comments and other views of the pitch as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, to be honest, I, I took a, a video clip. Don't tell me off. But um, it, wa- it was off the Aspirant Army and, and you were beside me and the Aspirant Army kept that clock end really, really, really going um, throughout, the, um, th- throughout the game. Here's a little clip. Like you can see from that clip that the the the, the, the Ashburton Army had the the little uh, guys in black down at the front, but they got that whole clock end, and the clock end isn't season ticket holders. They are your day trippers, your ballot holders, your red members, your silver members. They're all the people that have been criticised and blamed for the lack of atmosphere. But for me, okay, we had just gone two one up at that point, um, but. For me, I think I thought they did a, a great job. Trev, you were looking from afar because it was your granddaughter's birthday. Um, what did you make? How did it come across on the TV to you? I, I, um, as you know, I had to watch the game on the TV, as you've just said. I thought the atmosphere came across as okay, to be honest, lads. I really did. It was loud. You could hear the Arsenal fans nearly all the game. I watched it on TV. I had absolutely no problem with, with the atmosphere. I know it's different in the ground, but I was very happy with how it came across. Mm. Um, we continued to experiment. We didn't. Arteta continued to experiment with a, a lineup. Um, we had the lineup of Ramsdale, Party, White, Saliba, Kivior, Rice, Odegaard, Havertz, Saka, Martinelli, and Trossard. Jesus uh, was back. He was on the bench. So was Gabriel on the bench. Alex, um, what's your thoughts on continually? Uh, tweaking this this um, th- this back line, playing party in the right back stroke, that midfield role, the inverted role uh, that he plays, um, and and just generally changing. Gabriel was available and fit on the bench, but yet again he didn't start. The best pairing in Saliba and Gabriel had to start with. W- what's your thoughts on it, Alex? Yeah, um, I mean, if we look at the two changes, it was, uh, as you said, the top, of course, Tommy couldn't play because he, he got um, suspended last after last game. And then uh, Trossard came in for Eddie. Uh, I was most surprised by Trossard coming, actually, because I think it was fairly um, obvious he was going to play Kivio if it was to continue with uh, the same system as the previous two games. Um, but I thought Eddie had been playing very well. Um, and the way he'd been speaking about Eddie, the way he'd been uh, talking about his performances in training as well, I was surprised to see him dropped uh, for the game. Um, but I think uh, it, it of course, gives us some tact- tactical flexibility uh, up front with Trossard when, you know, the way they can change positions, um, the front three. Um, but it just, yeah, it didn't click in, in the first half um, with, with the front three. Um but yeah, I don't know if 
if you want us to go into depth with the tactical no, I'm, stuff I, now. Not, 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 not quite yet. No, because I, I'm, I'm more interested in what people's views are on on the Gabriel situation and just the change of yeah, tactics. Yeah. We've done it. <clears throat> we've done it for the last three games. I type of understand the three games that have been chosen to try something new in. Um, and you know, Trevor, do you think he will revert back <clears throat> to to form and maybe maybe get uh, Gabriel and um, Saliba back on for the Man United game? I know that's way way ahead, but what's your thoughts on on on, on the whole thing? You're on mute, mate. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's a really interesting situation, isn't it? There's been a lot of heavy tweet, heavy tweets, and the occasional quite abusive tweet. Even I saw even an Arteta out tweet this week. But fact of the matter is, we can't. I can't go into every on Arteta, whatever he does, because he's got us where we are, and, and he has he keeps my faith for a while. But what I must say is. From my perspective, what looking in firstly, I've been I've not been a critic of Eddie Nketiah, but I have always said that you know I think he needs to do more, and I thought it was the wrong thing to. Fair enough, credit credit where it's due. It was the wrong thing to drop Eddie because the last two games Eddie has won us the games with his with his work rate, you know. So I was surprised Eddie was dropped, right? And all I can say about it is this 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 system we're playing. I can't quite work it out. We're all over the place. When last season ended, Ferg, lads, right, I thought to myself, we are good enough to beat Man City next season if we make a couple of signings. We're nearly there, very nearly there, pushed them all away. We're we're going to be good enough. And we've made some really good signings, and I'm thinking, here we go. We're right in it now. And then he goes to this formation now where I'm thinking, if we play City now, we're going to get battered, absolutely battered. You know, so in my head, we've gone backwards. So I hope he knows what he's doing and it's going to all work out. But I desperately want to see a back four because that's what got us where we were last year, Ferg. You know, and, and, and me as a fan looking in, I'd love to see a back four. I'd love to see Gabriel back in the side because I think he brings the passion to the side and the lift to the side. So, yeah, I'm a bit confused by it all. I can't work out why he's doing it. I hope he knows better than me and it all works out well. But right at this moment, I'd love to see a back four. Dan, what's your thoughts on the situation? Yes, we played with a back four last season, but did we? Because Zinni was on the opposite side, inverted, and we we did often uh, have a three at the back uh, as well. The Gabriel situation seems just a little bit strange. If he's good enough to be on the bench, um, he's good enough. Hey, Ferg, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm on full screen here. No, you're not. You're not where I am. No. Help. <laughs> you... Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Chef time. You just li- leave the buttons alone, Trevor. You're just zoomed in on your screen. That's all you've done. So you need to I zoom in your screen. <laughs> you use your... <laughs> I've got a 95-year-old... IT lessons in the middle of a live podcast. <laughs> Please, God help me. <laughs> you just you need to zoom out on your trackpad on your on on your um. Hey, hey that's funny. <laughs> Sorry, before we were rudely interrupted, Dan. Look, we we have type of played with a type of three at the back. The Gabriel situation. If he's fit enough to be on the on the bench, uh, surely he's fit enough to start. And 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 what do you read into it? I know we talked about it last week. 
Yeah, that's all right. Last week it was you cutting me off, and this week it's Trevor interrupting. But never mind. I'll be professional. Carry on. It's all right, lads. Mm-hmm. Um, no, in all, in all fairness, everything you you said, I just I think it's a massive, massive over the top reaction, and people just looking for excuses in the wrong areas because. There's been people saying recently, don't be afraid to criticise the manager. And, and I absolutely agree, don't be afraid to criticise him, but only criticise him where it's warranted. You know, and and for me, exactly what you said, Trev, Mikel Arteta has done so much for this club already that he's got credit in the bank for me. And if he makes mistakes, and he has, and he will, then he deserves that bit of leeway. But then that goes the same for any other player in this squad. And I'll take Bakaya Saka, for example. Bakaya Saka has been an unbelievable player for this team. Don't get it wrong. The tactics did not make us draw that game. But Saka made an awful mistake for the first goal, as was Ramsdale's recovery. We made an awful mistake from that um, set piece at the end. And that's the reason why we ultimately didn't win the game. It's got nothing to do with the setup. It's individual errors from players as to why we've not done great in that game. And actually, I think overall we played quite well in that game. And you've only got to look at comparing this game to last season's game. We actually was a much better team and the tactics haven't really changed. All it is, is that the system was flipped over from the left to the right. And ultimately, people saying about Partey shouldn't be there. All of these changes as such have been forced on our team. It is, Zinni is our first choice as an inverted fullback. Our second choice has been Timber and that's what he signed for. Zinni hasn't had a pre-season, Timber's out injured. So our third choice inverted fullback is Thomas Partey. Now, if Partey plays right back... Gabriel cannot play left-back. He hasn't got the ability to be able to play one-on-one against the winger. So you can't play Gabriel left-back if you're playing um, Partey right-back. So therefore, Tommy Asu's out as well. Tierney's gone out alone. You've got Kibior left-back. Now tell me who are the centre-halves. I agree I'd probably go Gabriel and Saliba, but then that means leaving out Ben White. And Ben White's been fantastic. So I think Arteta's overall view of saying he's tactical with Gabriel is probably right. I think he's actually saying Ben White deserves to start, so does Saliba. That's why I'm dropping Gabriel. And I don't think there's any more to it, but people saying about he's tweaking things, he's messing around with things, I don't think he is. The only thing I would agree with is that we look a little bit unbalanced in midfield. And I think you've just spent £65 million for a for a player in Kai Havertz. And after three games, we're writing him off. Give him time to bed in. But it's going to take time. We've got Kai Havertz and Declan Rice in the midfield three that has completely changed the way that we operate in midfield. They need to get used to playing with each other. Three games in and we're writing them off. Honestly, it's just it's ridiculous as fans. Seven points out of nine points from the start of the season. Most seasons under Wenger, we didn't make this sort of start. I, I can't see where the criticism is coming from, but other than an agenda for Arteta. If it was anyone else, they wouldn't have it, but Arteta, they've got an agenda. I, I don't know if it, even if it's an agenda for Arteta. I think it's an agenda more at um, at, at Havertz uh, because the amount of people I've seen saying he's played a party at right back to accommodate Havertz. Well, to be honest, that's absolute tosh. I, 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 don't, I don't agree. I, I don't agree with that. Honestly, yeah, I I'll think... Jump, jump in on that one as well. Yeah, just so yeah, just on. to that, I think if yeah, Sanchez yeah, yeah. here and he plays on the weekend, people are going to say, oh, he's gone back to normal. I don't think it is. Zinchenko just hasn't had a pre-season. If he's now fit and he goes back to it, I think we'll see Partey go back into midfield. I think it's because he's had to do it and he's got no other choice. Well, he has got a choice. Dan, what you said is exactly right, mate, right? He's not got a meant to do it on the left, so he's doing it on the right. But it's not working as well on the right because the people don't play that system so well on the right. So, don't so who, who, who else can invert then, Trev? Who else have we actually got that's fit? Well, that's the point I'm making. We probably haven't. So don't go with it. Wait until Zinchenko's fit, then play it like it worked last season. You know? 
I, I know exactly what you mean, and it works. But it only works if you've got the right players to do it. And then Zinchenko is the right player to do it. I don't think it's working while we're doing it on the right. So if it's not working, give us a back four until Zinchenko's fit and we can revert back to that to that system. Havertz, so, by the way. Havertz, I think by it did work. You what? I think it did work. We, no, we drew. We should have lo- yeah, lost. Why, why did we draw? Did we draw because of the system? Or as I was saying, did we draw because... We, of the we, 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 we'll get into that. We'll get the, into that at some point today, I think. <laughs> Alex, you wanted to come back in on the Havertz point and then we'll go into the game. Yeah, uh, I've seen you mentioned and I've seen a lot of people mention as well that uh, they're, and they're saying that we're playing this system to accommodate Kai Havertz, which is just absolute nonsense because I don't know if people remember because last season, Sinchenko was injured as well towards the end of the season and we played the exact same system for the last couple, two or three games where Partey were playing, was playing in, in that uh, same role Kivio was playing as well, so he, he's not playing this system or this lineup to accommodate anybody. Um, it's just, as Dan said, that's because of the players who are available. Um, that's why he's playing it. Mm. Charlie D in the comments said, uh, first three games, Forest, Palace and Fulham, we should have been nine points. Yes, they should have. But you just have to look at Man City against, uh, um, you know, we all say a, a near relegated Sheffield United already. Uh, and they nearly held them to a draw until Dan got on the WhatsApp and, and, and ruined uh, the, the, the game. Look, at, Listen, let's get, let's, let's get into, um, uh, into this game. As you said earlier, Dan, um, we got cold in the first minute. Um, Saka... Um, he 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 gave a hospital pass uh, back to um, back to the uh, back of the midfield, which um, a Fulham player jumped on, and uh, you know he he got lucky because I think he tried to lob the keeper, uh, and his miss kick and got in the back of the net, and it was right in front of us when we saw it. Uh, Ramsdale just looked a bit misplaced, rooted in the ground a little bit. I'm going to play the video, no sound, so talk over it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because actually if you look at the position of the players and where they are on the pitch, when we've got the ball, they're all in the right places. But when you lose the ball on the halfway line, when you're on the front foot like that, you are open. And, you know, we've, we've got no criticism coming for Bukayo Saka there, who gives an awful ball. And look, I'm not going to jump on Saka's back. He absolutely doesn't deserve it. But he's made a mistake. And that's nothing to do with the system there. And then you've got Ramsdale who I think his position to start with is right, but he quite clearly doesn't know where he is in terms of twisting this way and that way to try and get back to, to, to a decent position. He, he doesn't know where he is. And he loses track of that. And then for both of those reasons, okay, they get a bit of luck, but it, that's nothing to do with the system, honestly. And then I see comments. I actually wrote this on my notes before coming on. I knew someone would say, play Ben White in the inverted role. I mean, I've been saying all, all last season that White can't play that role. And I think Arteta clearly thinks that too, because if not, he would be playing him there. But I don't know. I, I think people have got fancy football on their minds and they think people can just move around where they want and, uh, yeah, then, then blame the system. Trevor, is it is it in, an endemic problem with the, the, the team? And I'm not trying to be neg- uh, negative in any way, but we did see it against Fulham. Uh, we saw it against Southampton. We saw it against Bournemouth and I believe Leeds as well last season uh, where we got caught. I think Leeds might have been three or four minutes. But th- those three uh, teams that I just mentioned there, Southampton, um, uh, Bournemouth and Fulham, um, they all, uh, we conceded a goal in the first minute. Uh, you would have thought you'd be switched on from, from the, the get-go, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, it's a worrying trend, isn't it? It really it is a worrying trend, but I'm hoping it's just bad luck and we won't see it again this season. I, I, I'm a bit surprised we brought Ramsdale into that comment on their goal because Saka, as as um, Martin just said there, you know, Saka just passed the ball to nowhere and the last thing um, Ramsdale was expecting is for that ball to come there and he was caught out and he did so. I thought he slipped as well, to be honest, but yeah, going back to that goal, it's just worrying, but I'm still sitting there thinking in my head, one nil down to Fulham. We're plenty good enough to turn this around. Plenty good enough to turn this around. And we did have a lot of the play after that goal went in. A lot of the play. But we just didn't put the ball in the net. And uh, I've got to highlight it. The, the, the most glaring one for me was Havertz. I think it was about the 29th minute some, or about then. I'm not sure. But the cross came in and Havertz should have slid to get on the end of it. And he sort of stood there with that body language that we're learning that Havertz has now. And and I thought, oh, maybe you should have made a bit of effort there, son. So, for me, he's still got to play, he's, but the jury is very much out on him for me. He needs to, to, to make me want to see him play more. And after three games, early days, I know, but I'm thinking, come on, lad, you've got to lift it a bit here. And as, as we said last week, I said it before and then Dan said it last week, he looks to me to be like very much like a confidence player and he needs to bang a goal in. And he should be throwing himself at chances in the box. You know, I think once he gets a goal, we'll see a different player. So I hope I'm wrong having me doubts. I hope I'm wrong being worried. But we say what we say here. I am a bit worried. I want to see, I want to see him bang a goal in and lift his game a bit. Um, uh, Alex, that was the 11th minute in where Saka squared a ball to Havertz and he just failed to connect. Um, what did you make of uh, Havertz's performance then in that first half? And you, sh- should he be putting that in the back of the net? Yeah, of course he should have. Um, of course, I would have liked him to see get on to that end of, to the end of that chance as well. Um, I think he showed a lot of promise because the good thing which I liked about him was he created a lot of chances and he. Um, he showed that he can get into these positions. He just needs he needs to put the ball into the net. Um, and he's very much like a relational player. And when it's not quite clicking yet with the relations, it seems like he's always on the, like a split second too late on everything. Um, so I think this was probably not his best game. I think he looked be- better in, uh, in the first two games, especially against uh, Palace. Um, he had a, f- a few sloppy passes and uh, um, and so, but yeah, I think we just got to have patience with him. Um, I think I'd like to see him start uh, on the bench against United um, if uh, Sinny's fit. Um, and I think he just needs a bit more time uh, to to get clicking with his teammates. Um, but yeah, not not the best performance. I think maybe maybe he should have been taken off at half time. Uh, instead of Trossard and then Trossard to play that eight role. But I get why Arteta didn't want to do it because, you know, it, it would have been like caused an out- outrage from, from in the fan base and the other teams as well if he would have been hooked in the first half. Um, it's not something you want to see like for a new player. But yeah, not the best performance uh, from Havertz, but I think he still showed prom- promising signs. Um, hopefully, he just gets that first goal, which will boost his confidence and and hopefully they'll they'll keep him going from there. 
Mm, another player who didn't have a, a, a well, there was a few players in that midfield area that didn't have a great game. Dan, we spoke about it, but uh, one was uh, Trossard, and again, I'm going to play this video. It's um, where Trossard mis, uh, misplaces the ball, and it comes to Jimenez, and uh, he, he's unlucky not to to score with an overhead volley. Um, what did you think of Trossard's performance? And I'll play this clip. I'm just thinking of Jimenez. Is he a new player for Fulham? He is. I know, I know, I know, I know Jimenez, but where's Jimenez? Jimenez and Jimenez is the Irish pronunciation. You see, we have a, a different alphabet. Now, did you want to answer the question? <laughs> no, I'd rather just pick on you, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know, clearly. <laughs> um, no, we we did talk about this in in the ground, and and the biggest thing for me was actually we did control the game, and I think we were we were not that bad. But the front three, that triangle off the striker and the, and the two eights off of them, I don't think any of them had a good game. And I think that was where we wasn't clinical. We were a little bit sort of lacking confidence to turn on the ball and run at, at, at the defence. And, you know, when you saw Vieira come on, he just did the complete opposite. He received the ball on the half turn and just got at the team. And, and it just made such a big difference. But how many fans were calling for, for Trossard to start and then he's, he's put in a performance like that? So hindsight is a wonderful thing. I think we just need to start to realise we need to get behind what, the management team, not just our tech, the management team pick as a starting lineup. And then that includes the likes of Eddie. We've all got opinions on Eddie, but he, he hasn't put a foot wrong so far this season. For me, he deserves to start um, the next game against United. And I think Vieira, I, I hope someone like Vieira that can put in a good performance also gets the chance to to continue with it. Because I think, like you said, Alex, I, I don't want to get on Havertz back. I'm certainly not going to avoid criticising him, but I think three games in, let's not be over the top. But I do think he probably drops out of the team for Man United and needs a bit more time to bed in. I think we need to protect him a little bit from the fan base at this current moment and where we are. So, look, it wouldn't surprise me to see Partey alongside Rice and Odegaard. It also wouldn't surprise me if he gives Vieira a chance. I think probably a little bit surprising given um, he's only had sort of 45 minutes. But they they need to sharpen up a little bit in that respect. And I think that also contributes to our poor starts we've had. It, it does worry me. Um, I don't think it's setup related, but I think the mentality of the team that we need to be a bit more switched on. Trevor, did Monday night affect these uh, these players? Because Saliba, uh, 26 minutes in, um, uh, you know, makes, uh, he's under no pressure at all. He passes the ball straight to, to Harry Wilson. Later, Saka, uh, gets a great cross in from Trossard um, and he heads the ball straight into the ground. It just seemed... And there's other players, which I'll talk about as well. Um, uh, they just didn't seem to be at the races. Odegaard, I thought... I never like to criticise Odegaard because I think he's a great player. But I thought he had a mare of a game. Well, you've, you've named three players there, Ferg, that we, sh- that we shouldn't really worry about because all players have miss a chance or have an off game and, and Saka and Saliba and Odegaard are the last of my worries, to be honest, mate. Um, You know, Saka had a header, yeah, he should have done better, but we've seen him, he's, he's at it, he's on it, he's on it, he's on it. Odegaard never lets us down. Saliba just purged probably the best defender in the country for me right now. So naming them, bringing them three players into the conversation for me, mate, I, I'm not bothered in the slightest. I'm Fair more point. worried about what's going on around them that, that might affect the, that might affect their what, the way we play. I, I'm going to reiterate. I thought that Eddie was very. If I would have been Eddie, looking at the team sheet and seeing that Havertz stays in and Trossard comes in and Eddie drops out, I'd have been gutted if I was Eddie and Ketter. Absolutely gutted, you know. And so 
we've got a massive game coming up this weekend. And I don't think Vieira should play. I don't think I think he's had one good half of a game, and I want to see him have more good halves of a game before he starts one for me. But we've got to go back to it. We've got to go back to it. Havertz is the one. I think he'll play Havertz this weekend against Man United. It appears that he's going to give him a good run of games. An ideal game for the lad to actually stand up and be counted and show us that what, what he can do, you know. Um, massive game this Sunday. The first big game of the season. The first three games of the season pile into insignificance. They shouldn't even be on our minds after we've spoken about this, with this game coming this weekend. This this game is the first big pointer. This this game this weekend is the first big pointer as to where we actually are. And I hope I'm wrong, didn't I? Because I said, didn't I? And I stand by it. I said at the end of last season, I thought we signed a couple of players and we beat Man City and we beat Man U and we beat Chelsea and we, we, we could win the league. Now we've bought those players, but I'm not confident. I've got less confidence. So I'm hoping this weekend it's a prime opportunity to put it right. I don't want to see it. I want to see a back four unless Zinchenko's fit and plays on the left and he brings Gabriel in, right? And I want to see I want to see a maximum effort from Havertz. The rest of the team for me is all right. He's doing all right. Um, it's it's. I'm, I'm starting to lose words here because because it's such an important game. But I think we really need to put these first three behind us now. It's very early in the season, like we've all said. And let's see what happens this Sunday. Because this Sunday is when it really starts. Yeah, we've got quite a few people watching us at the minute. If you are on YouTube, we would like if you click on the subscribe and um, click on the bell to get reminders when we go live. Um, we're still on the Fulham game uh, for the minute. Although I know you went on to the Man United game a little bit there. We... we at half time, there was Trossard uh, came off and um, Eddie came on. Uh, Eddie, for me, as uh, both of you guys or three of you guys have, have said, didn't put a foot wrong. I thought he was outstanding uh, when he came on the pitch. And Vieira just injected, uh, he was like a man possessed and injected vigour and pace into that uh, midfield. And the bit that we were talking about in the, 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 the stands, Dan, was like the lack of movement in the midfield. Vieira seemed to change all that again. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a fundamental part of how we play and how we sit up as a team. You know, we, we do have someone that inverts and then we have effectively quite a narrow three as such where the, the wingers come in and then we isolate them one-on-one on, one on each wing and then we have players that operate in half space. But those players in the half space have to be able to turn, get on the ball and run at the back four. If not, it doesn't work. If we're just dropping deep, playing one twos and playing in front of their their low block, then we're never going to get anywhere. So we need that energy. We need someone that can just get out of team, move them out of position. Um, and Vieira did that. Honestly, I, I know it's probably a bit early to say, but Vieira is my man in the match in that game. I think he was fantastic. Um, I do agree with what Trev's saying. We need to see more from him. I would also like to see an environment where if a player plays well, he's given a chance and for that reason, I think Eddie, for me, is a nailed on, has to start on the weekend. I think he deserves it. And I think you're setting the wrong message if he doesn't start. Um, I mm. do think Zinchenko will be back in. Um, for me, the actual the start 11 for me is, is nailed on. Uh, I'll be very, very surprised if it isn't Ramsdale and goal with Zinchenko, well, Gabriel, Saliba, White, and then the normal midfield of Partey, Rice, Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli and Eddie up top. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to that one. Um what did you make of the the, the penalty, uh, Alex? Uh, here's Vieira um, uh, taking the ball across to him, and he uh, gets um, 
Martinelli passes the ball to him and he runs into the box and, and yeah. goes down. When I initially saw that, I, I actually thought um, that um, he made a meal of it and I thought he went down a little bit too easy. But on uh, when you see the replay coming in, you can see he's clearly taken out. Yeah. Um, he, he took on Tete, who'd been defending Martinelli, and I thought he'd actually been doing that all right, uh, their fullback that game. But um, he just got, got the better of him and... Um, from the angle, like in on the TV, I could see straight away that he clipped him. So I was in no doubt that was a penalty, and um, and yeah, I was just happy that we finally got a breakthrough because uh, I was starting to think, oh, it's going to be one of those games where we just can't like get the the, the final final pass or, or the final finish on. Um, so yeah, I was just uh, delighted that we finally got a, a breakthrough um, against the Fulham team that have been defending very well. Um, especially with uh, Palinja, uh, their midfielder, back for them. He hasn't been playing for the first two games, and he was uh, he was doing very well uh, in that game, breaking up the play all the time. Um, and then I thought, who's going to take the penalty? Because um, Odegaard took it uh, in the last game. Um, and then of course I saw uh, Saka pick up the ball, and um, yeah, he started away with with confidence. So. Good to see him back on penalties again. That he still got the confidence to take one um, and step up uh, as one of the leaders as he as he is for our team. Trevor, um, what did you make of uh, Saka taking the penalty and stepping up, especially uh, after the indecision? Well, was it indecision? Uh, the, the 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 group decision that was made at Palace on on Monday night. Oh no, worries about Saka taking the penalty. You. You all know my feelings on on Bukayo Saka. When he stepped up to take it, I thought, "Yeah, I'm comfortable with this." I, I, I wonder why he gave that one to Odegaard the other night. Maybe he just didn't feel right. Who knows? And uh, good, good on the boy for having the bottle to say I don't feel right. Here you go, Odegaard, take that one. So yeah, please, please, he took slotted it away. Please, he put it away. Mainly because I got my money on him to be top scorer this season. So everyone he scores is a bonus. But. Um, yeah, it was it was no problem, and I really thought that we would uh, go on and win it. Then I really did, if only. Eh? Well, well, uh, the next goal is Eddie. Eddie steps up, Trevor, and, and look at this bit of play, and the, and the ball that comes across from Vieira uh, gives him a ball across, and you know who does who does Eddie look like there? His positioning and everything else. It's very like the, the player that we always think he would hopefully come to be, which is Ian Wright type of esque player oh god this is all i ask of eddie is exactly what he's done there just show that energy getting in the box like that he's showing the energy a bit deeper up the park and he's showing the energy on the edge of the box now if he turns round regular and makes runs like he scored that goal we will see a completely different footballer i'm sure of it listen to me like i'm the expert on what they do but eddie Eddie made that run. That's all we need to see him doing more because we've got the players out wide that are going to find him. If he finds that yard in the box like then, we've got the players that are going to find him with a through ball, you know? So good on him. Good on him for, um, for, for, for getting on the end of that. And let's hope it's the first of many this season. I hope he gets 25 goals this season, Eddie. But I hope Saka gets 26. So I'll win me bet. <laughs> Dan, Eddie's performance, he doesn't uh, he doesn't always have the impact coming on as a sub. I think a lot of that was made not only by his positioning, but also Vieira's performance, which we touched on already as well. Um, but, you know, for him to score coming on, he normally you start him, he scores. For him to score coming on, he's a really good, uh, positive uh, addition to, to, to his, uh, his form at the minute. 
Yeah, huge, huge difference. Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is that his first goal as a sub in a couple of years? I think it probably is. Yeah, because so. he, 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 it's not an impact sub, is he normally? Yeah, we, we need players that can make an impact from uh, from the bench too. And the thing with Eddie is, I don't actually ever doubt his instinctive finishing, his one touch finishing. I think you know, like you said, an Ian Wright type player, a bit more of a poacher. I don't ever doubt that. Um, the only thing I do doubt is probably a little bit similar to Theo Walcott in in some respect that when he's got a bit of time on the ball. He actually makes wrong decisions and his finish, finishing isn't fantastic. He's just an instinctive player. But look, the lads, the lads done great and he and he deserves his chance at the minute. Um, I don't think he's ever been in better form for our club. So if it's if it's not now, it's never. Um, but that ball from Vieira as well was fantastic. Let's let's not brush over that ball. Um, literally on a plate. I think you would have finished yeah. that though. Oh, probably oh, not. <laughs> I wouldn't have been. I, I would have still on the halfway line, huffing and puffing. <laughs> Um, Alex, um, talked about Vieira's performance there and and uh, Eddie's uh, improved performance. Um, later in the game, Bassa, um, I don't know who he blocked, but he um, he he got sent off for a second yellow card. Uh, what did what what did you make of Fulham going down to ten men, and then we took Odegaard off and uh, but uh, Jorginho on? It seemed like we were were shutting up shop and taking the two one, which at that stage, probably was uh, a deserved result. Yeah. Um, again, it was it was Eddie who um, who went on the counter when uh, when the Fulham defender uh, blocked him. So again, he's just he's just um, made an impact in that sense. Again, uh, Eddie. Um, and then, yeah, of course, I think when when was it when there was around ten minutes left, he uh, he subbed on Jorginho, which I think it made sense just to. Uh, bring a bit more. He's so good, Jorginho, with his passing. So, just to bring that more, a bit more control in. Maybe Odegaard was a bit tired as well. So, a uh, bit, bit of freshness and a bit more control. Um, I think. I don't think we slowed down too much um, towards the end, and it's difficult. Like you wouldn't, you you don't really want to go all in for a goal to make it three-one when there's seven, eight minutes left and they're down to ten men. So. I don't think we like turned uh, switched off too much. Um, it was just a a stupid mistake from Sinchenko and then a, a poorly defended set piece that ended up costing us. Well, talk us through that uh, mistake that Sinchenko made. Um, he 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 put a ball out for a clearance that he didn't need to and, and gave a, um, a corner away. Your 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 pitch is really weird. <laughs> I know I don't know I don't know what's doing it, but yeah. Don't don't, don't worry about it. You just look like you're in the twilight zone. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure my age now, aren't I? These yeah. two don't even know what the twilight zone is. No, nope. got haven't got a clue. Uh, um, but um, yeah, um, I've he has made a couple of mistakes like that, Sinchenko, and it is something he needs to get rid of. Um, but yeah, it was the the corner was so poorly defended as well. I looked back in it, at, and you can see sort of uh, three men going for the same. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it there, but Sinchenko, Jorginho, and I think Ben Wider was they all went to mark the same player on the on the near post, which just leaves quite a big gap um for Palinia to run in behind and get a finish on the ball. So um it's something we were so good at, at at one point defending corners, but it seems like both scoring them and defending them has has become a bit of a problem for us. So we have to get that right um uh from now on. And and 
keeping clean sheets at home seems to be an issue as well. Uh, you know, four clean sheets is what we've kept out of our last 21 Premier League games yeah, at the Emirates. Not good enough. It's just not good enough. But yet again, on the counter-argument, if you look at last season um, and uh, at Palace, we had 10 um, clean sheets away from home last season uh, against the closest uh, rival had six. So what what is it? Is it the style of play? Is it... What is it that we it seems that we can't keep clean sheets at the Emirates? It's it's difficult to say, and I think if Arteta knew, he'd fix it. But um, it's it just seems like sometimes we just switch off the concentration, and it seems like we're a bit more concentrated away from home. But yeah, it's it's difficult to say because, as I said, if if Arteta knew or if we knew, they'd fix it. Um, but yeah, we, we, need, we really need to to um, to be more consistent and better defensively, and more switched on when defending. We can't afford to go behind in the first minute or or make mistakes like that. Um, Saliba was so close to uh, committing a penalty as well uh, towards the end when Adama Traore uh, broke through on the counter. Um, such a risky challenge uh, going down in the box. Um, but yeah, we we need to be more secure defensively, and uh, have to uh, get rid of those uh, individual errors, which Dan talked about earlier as well. And hopefully, we can get, we can do that moving on. Trev, what's your thoughts on on the lack of clean sheets at home? You're on mute, mate. Twice. Jesus Christ, he's doing me head in this. Um, it is worrying, isn't it? Because keeping four clean sheets out of the last 21 home games isn't title-winning statistics, is it? That don't win your leagues, you know, because what's going to happen is you're going to get games like the weekend and, and because you let goals in easily, you draw. Um, so what's the answer? We need to start quicker. This this weekend when we play them against Man United, just as they go to walk out on the field, Arteta needs to give each one of them a boot up the backside and, and remind them that the game starts when the ref blows the whistle, not two or three minutes in. And hopefully they, they pull themselves together and, and they start strongly. It, it's You see, I've got to go back to this weekend now, right? Because I've got something in my head about what we said at the end of last season, Fergus, in that game... For us, titles are won in the Northwest, right? Last season, we won all the London games. We beat, we done all the Southern games. We lost games in the Northwest, and that's what cost us the title last season. So, for me, Man United this week, it, I know I said it's the start of the season already, but it's the first game against the Northwest. You win games against Northwest sides, you win the league because you're a good team. So, it's so important that we go out and start. And I'm sure that Arteta will remind them of um, what's been going on with these early goals before they go on the field against Man United. And hopefully our lads are mature enough and strong enough and uh, Gabriel will be back lifting them and, they, and they'll start strongly. Dan, your, your thoughts on on, on um, the performance then against Fulham? You said it wasn't as bad because if you look at the expected goal comparison from last season uh, in the very same game to uh, Saturday's game, you know, our expected goal ratio was more and Fulham's was less than it was uh, the previous season. Yeah, exactly that. Honestly, as a performance, we were much better this, this season than we were last season. And, and and this is where it comes that people look at the result and I think it clouds their judgment. But 
we made individual errors. That, that's the reason why we didn't win this game as opposed to how we played. I actually think we've developed so much as a team in terms of how we set up on the front foot, control games, dominate games. And, you know, it, it's just we need to cut the errors out. And, and the, the statistic of conceding early goals at home is definitely a worrying one. I think away from home, we just set up a lot more compact and also knowing that teams are going to come at us a bit more when we're away from home. Whereas at home, teams will sit in as a low block and then we do open up and I think that's where we get caught out. And I think it's just a bit of immaturity in the team. And I think we need to we need to be able to, you know, grow as a team as they get older together and, and a bit more experience. And, they, and I think they'll, they'll learn that and they need to learn that very quickly. Um, if they haven't learned that from three of the last nine games and they'll never learn it. So let's hope they do learn it soon. Um, I think the, the criticism that they, a few guys have said in the chat about Sinchenko for that last goal is, is harsh. Don't get me wrong, you made a mistake, but one of the errors I was saying about, you know, defending a corner, you absolutely have to defend better. And there was too many players, they're static. And, and, and that happens. That's that's why we can see early goals as well. People not switched on. And and that isn't just in the, the first minute. That's the last few minutes of a game as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we just need to switch oh, on. More, but I just want to add one more thing. Just going back to, yeah, yeah. just very quickly on the red card. And we, we, we are very quick to criticise officials. One thing I said last week about the red card that Tommy had was you just want consistency. And the Fulham lad got sent off because of time wasting for the first yellow and then a foul for the second one, stopping a counter. Exactly. I'd probably say more of a, a nailed on red than, than Tommy's was, but at least there's an element of consistency in that respect. It's a shame it hasn't gone across all games, looking at the uh, Liverpool-Newcastle game. Liverpool, yeah. I think need to praise officials in some respect, that they are... I, are I, I thought Paul Tierney was absolutely dreadful. I, I don't think he had any consistency in the game. Maybe in that instance, to a certain degree, he might have had some. But you only have to think about that corner in the first half, uh, which there was so much time-wasting going on. And then he goes down and has a chat with the guy on the corner flag, saying, no, if you carry on doing that, I'm going to give you a yellow card. Walks away, let him, lets him take another five or ten seconds before he even blows his whistle to say, right, take the corner now. And on the, the, the first yellow card for Bassey, um, it was actually the goalkeeper, Leno, who was doing the time-wasting. He passes the ball to Bassey, and Bassey then goes to kick the ball out, and then Bassey gets gets the card. It was very much the same with Havertz, taking 15, 20 seconds to take a, a throw-in, and he passes the ball to Tommy Asu, and Tommy Asu takes eight seconds. So why should Tommy or why should Bassey get the, those yellow cards? Uh, for, for, yeah, for those? At least there's consistency, though. That, that, that's what I'm consistent, trying to say. And... Consistent, poor refereeing, in, in my view. Is it or is that the rule? I mean, I, I, I agree. It probably doesn't make sense. Um, but now but, the now the players know. Like, they know they can't yeah. take 20 seconds right. and then pass the ball. So they, they know the other player will then get a yellow card. So they know not to do that now. Mm. I, actually exactly. I don't know. And it, it, quite well, to be honest with you, I think the, the first half situation of talking to them and saying, that's it, that's enough, I think was actually good refereeing. And then 50 minutes into the game, he gives his yellow card, you know, five minutes into the second half. So... I mean, okay. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I can complain too much about the referee in that game. Trev, we we if a player if a player gets booked for taking too long of, over a throw in this weekend for any team in any game this weekend coming, then there's only one person to blame for that, and that's the player taking long too long over the throw because they know what's going to happen now. Players know what's going to happen. They should be sensible enough to get the ball in their hands and get rid of it. You know, it's that simple. Referees. I call referees out regularly, and I'm going to rant about a referee in a bit. But 
they should, players should know now. Like um, the player that was on the floor when we scored our second goal, faking he was injured, That's stayed down, stayed it. down, stayed down. And then when we scored, they're all moaning. But what does he do in the meantime? Jumps back up and trots back up the pitch. So he's not injured. These players have got to learn what's going on. Don't lay on the floor and act like an idiot and pretend you're injured. If you are injured, stay down. If you're not injured, get up. And if you're going to take a throw-in or a free kick or a corner, take it. Because we know what the referees are going to do now. You know, it's, I'm not blaming the ref for that. This totally down to the players. Very, very um, interesting on that, Trev, as well. I think that the player staying down actually plays Eddie onside. Because it's it a very, very close call. And because he stays on the pitch, I think that makes the call easier for the, for the officials. So that is also a bit of karma for me. It's good to see that players feigning injuries actually ended up in then conceded a goal. Absolutely, mate. Absolute, absolutely. What kind of, what's going through that idiot's mind while he's laying on the floor pretending he's injured? He should know from the previous two weeks that the refs ain't going to blow unless it's an edge injury. So why is he rolling around? There's only two reasons he can be down. He's either seriously injured or he's playing up. And and once we scored the goal, he jumped up, chopped, he was playing up. Well, it's his own fault. Because he yeah. should know that it's not going to happen anymore. I like what the referees are doing f- from that perspective. I do like it. Brilliant. It, 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 here's a great example of the West Ham Brighton game at the weekend as well. You know, uh, who, oh, who's man, it? Was poor. Paqueta. Yeah. Paqueta no. holding his head like that. It's just, you know, when 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 my wife and some people who like rugby and stuff like that look at football and go, look at those footballers rolling around holding their head when nothing's wrong with them. Uh, it's it's things like that that give our game such a such 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 a bad bad name. Um, on a positive out of the game, because I know uh, we haven't been hugely positive. Uh, a good thing that came out of the game was um, Jesus uh, got ten minutes at the end of the game, so he should be da- um, uh, uh, Alex. He should be available for selection to start against Manchester United. We're now in the Manchester United game, Trev. If you want to talk about that, um. <laughs> he's allowed now. We're done. Um, We're done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've already done it. Um, yeah. no, I think I think Eddie still deserves to start and then uh, give Jesus a bit more time to come back fully before he, he starts a full game because he only played, what, what was it, six, six seven minutes um, against Fulham. So I think he still needs a bit more time to get back to full fitness before he, he gets to start a game. And when, when Eddie's playing so well and looks so sharp, I think we should just, uh, start with him against United. Mm. Um. Finally, on the on, on the Fulham game, looking at the stats, sixty nine percent Arsenal possession, thirty one percent Fulham. Um, with that number of attempts on target, nine on target, and eighteen, nineteen goals on, in total versus their eight. Um, as uh, you said, Dan, just we had a poor day at the office. People just didn't finish finish and and, and complete what they should have done. Uh, I think uh, it's probably a symptom of early season, and also probably a symptom of. A bloody hard preseason, like those games that we talked about in in um, in, New- in America and New York and places like that, will not have helped um, getting these players back up to fitness. So Manchester United at four thirty on uh, Sunday. Trevor, you're travelling down on the Rattler from Manchester um, uh, and meet me at the ground. Um, uh, what are you? I, I know you you've mentioned quite a lot about what you're hoping um, for and the perfor- performance wise, but and that you'd like a back four. In that back four, are you thinking that Gabriel goes into that back four? Oh, all day long for me, Gabriel goes in for this Man United game, and especially if Zinchenko's fit. 
because that's what worked. That's what makes us look such a strong side last season. I think we just I can't move on because we need to put this first three games to bed now. We're unbeaten. You know what I mean? Yep. It's not been a catastrophe. Not like a couple of seasons ago when we lost every game at the start of the season. We're unbeaten. So it's not the end of the world. We're doing all right, you know. Um, and Man United this weekend has come at exactly the right time for us to to really hammer a nail into the start of the season and 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 get a big win. I want to see I want to see Gabriel and Saliba play at the back. I don't care what he does around them. I, I, I think it and also White because White has been superb in my view. But in the middle, Gabriel and Saliba looked so strong last season. And part of the reason Zinchenko could get up the field was that Gabriel was so good on his left foot when he needed to be covering back. So I want to see them two start in the middle, probably with Zinchenko and White. And I want to see I want to see what a proper midfield of party and rice looks like playing in front of our back playing in front playing in front of that four when rice has got less pressure to get back uh party's got less pressure to get back and we can move the ball up the field a bit i'm still excited by this side i'm really excited by this side and it'll be a great pointer to to us when we beat man united 4-0 on sunday Okay, we got your your score prediction as well, uh, Dan. Um, <coughs> we, we got uh, the possibility of having um, uh, Jesus, Jesus back, uh, and uh, Trevor alluded there to having Rice and Party maybe in the midfield. Have we seen our best eleven yet? Okay, excluding Jesus, have we seen our best eleven starting this this season yet? And do you well, expect to see our best eleven on Sunday? I don't think we have, and no, I don't think we will see our best eleven because I don't think one of our key key players is going to be fit for a long time, and that's Timber. I think Timber is a player that could have taken us on to a, to another level. But I'm not having the uh, the on a positive note because I think most of my comments are from a positive perspective that people need to stop getting on the players' back, stop criticising Arteta's formations, and actually look at how we're playing. And I think we played very well against Fulham. We just made individual errors, but. I, I do agree. I would like to see Gabriel back into the side. This isn't me saying I don't want him there. I think he's nailed on part of our best eleven. But I think he only comes back in if he's got an inverted player to the left of him. If Zinchenko isn't deemed fit enough to start and he starts with Kivio on the, le- on the left side, I think Partey's going to be at right back again. I, I don't want him there. I don't think that's where he's best at playing. But I don't think we've got many other options if Zinchenko's not fit. Um, I hope he is. He's had a couple of games now off the bench. I would hope he'd have at least an hour in him as a minimum. Um, and then if you need to, you can go to a more defensive formation. But um, yeah, I I think if the players available, assuming that they're all fully fit, that's including maybe Jesus and Zinchenko. You know, I, I gave you my 11 earlier. I think Partey is in the middle alongside Rice. Um, I think at the moment, Eddie just gets a nod ahead of Jesus because I think he deserves it. Mm. Alex, um who, who do you see as main the main threats coming from United? United they're you know they're not not flying um, at the moment. I think I can't remember how many points they are, but they are further down the league than us. Um, yeah, Ten Hag they're on six is points. six points. Ten Hag's under a little bit of pressure as well. Um, you know, it is it's always a big game. It's always a big game. Arsenal United has been a big game from more or less since the Premier League started. I know football started long, long before the Premier League, but it has been, you know, always the big battle. And it was a great game yeah. at the Emirates last season. Uh, and it was a great performance by the Arsenal up at Old Trafford last season too. But uh, the, the aforementioned Paul Tierney had um, had other other ideas about him on, on that game. Who, who do you see as the main threats or where do you see the main threats and things we need to look out for on, on, on Sunday? 
Well, they've got a fair few injuries as well, uh, United, um, especially in defence, um, where they haven't really got a left-back at the moment. Um, Luke Shaw's in, injured and then their, their backup option, uh, Malasia, is injured as well. So, I think we really have to exploit uh, their left-hand side and defence, uh, which will be where Saka is operating. Um, so, we really have to punish them there. And then in midfield as well, they've looked really unbalanced uh, in the first three games. They got absolutely run over by Wolves in midfield in the first game. Um, struggled in, in periods against Spurs as well. Um, and then they went behind 2-0 against Nottingham Forest in the weekend. Um, and they've they've brought in Mason Mount um, in the midfield. He's injured now. But then uh, they've got Casemiro and Bruno Fernandes. But there just seems to be a bit of an imbalance in the midfield. And hopefully we can we can punish that with uh, Rice and, and Partey operating in the midfield, which I think would... Uh, they'd struggle to uh, to come up against that. Uh, of course, Rashford's always a danger, and, and Bruno Fernandes, as much as we hate him, he's a good player as well. Um, I wonder if we'll see at some point uh, the new Danish signing, Rasmus Højlund. Um, uh, he hasn't got any Premier League minutes yet, but he might get his first minutes against Arsenal um, on on Sunday. But I think the main threats is always going to be um, Rashford and, and Bruno Fernandes as well. Been a Danish player. How good is this this young chap that they've spent a fortune on? Um, they've spent too much money. He, he's he's very good. He's got a lot of talent, but he, he's still a very raw player. Um, I think he scored eight goals, uh, eleven no eleven goals in the Serie A last season. Um, but he's he's made a, a big jump very quickly. Um, it's only one and a half years ago that he couldn't uh, get a, get onto the, the the team in FC Copenhagen. So. He's made a, a massive jump in in a in a short period of time, um, and he's he's got a lot of talent. He's uh, he's he's a proper striker, proper number nine. He's big, he's fast, he's got good finishing, but he's still only twenty years old. I think it, it will take him at least a couple of seasons or or, or uh, one and a do, half do seasons you, to adjust. Do you think um, United signed him thinking just because he sounds a bit like Haaland, he could be he could be a Haaland? Well, with the amount of money they paid, they must have he must have been hyped up in some way to be the next Haaland. Because when you look at the money we got for Eddie, who, a, a guy who scored much more goals, um, you wonder why how they paid double the price for someone who scored half the goals in the Italian league. Um, mm. So, I think they paid too much money. Oh, but for, he's got a lot of talent. Balogun, well. you mean? For Balogun, uh, sorry, Balogun. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Balogun. Yeah, third well, player, me too. <laughs> I've been speaking too much to you, Frank. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Trevor, uh, this week there's a few things happening uh, before the football. The transfer window slams shut at 11 o'clock on Friday night. Um, hopefully, uh, Gabriel doesn't go to linked with Real Madrid, linked to Saudi Arabia, and he's available for Sunday. Um, and and maybe who knows, we might get get uh, you know that centre forward that you wanted in. But I'll just be happy to see the end of the window, won't you? I'll be happy to see the end of the window with Gabriel still a part of the Arsenal Football Club because I think he's important. You know, well, I've gone on about it. won't go on anymore. I want the transfer window closed now. I'd love to see us get a striker. Don't think it'll happen. But I think we're all right. And I was, it was really interesting listening to what the lads said about Man United then, Fergus, because they're exactly right. I, I think that Man United are, distinct, are, are, are very beatable at the moment. Very beatable. They've struggled in all three of their games. And... I, I want to see us turn it on at the weekend with the transfer window behind us long gone. 
with Gabriel in the side. I'm 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 gonna I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing our lads get at that Martinez because he can easily get rattled, and I think we've got the pace and the agility to really rattle Martinez at the weekend. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's off the field after 45 minutes, either because he's carrying a bucket and they're worried about getting him sent off, or because he has actually been sent off. Key area for me, turning Martinez round, getting him in the zone he don't like. Maybe that comes with playing Rice and Parsi further up the field. I don't know. But, but I want to see us back playing like we were last season when we moved forward. When we move forward. And I think Man United are an ideal team to do that against at the moment. I really do. It's interesting, Trevor, you said about Martinez, because obviously with Shaw and Malassia being out, he's one of the candidates to move over to left back. You know, he could they could end up playing Wambasaka and Dallow each side, or they could move Martinez out of position and, and disrupt the, the centre back pairing. And and honestly, I think if Martinez gets moved out to left to left back, I think Saka has him on toast all day long. So I'm I'm really hoping he actually does get moved out there because uh, that little rat will get turned inside out by Saka. So he's a horrible, Moran, horrible, horrible. Yeah. Moran might have gotten a, an injury as well in the last game. So I think he might have to play as, as a centre back because they're they're very short on on players in defence now. Well, they've got a uh, slab Ed Maguire that can come in. That's another exciting one that they we, have. Could, we could have. That'll be funny. That'd be funny. Honestly, I think I think we're a much much better team in Man United at the minute. Um, I don't don't let that preseason game I think sway your opinion on their team. The only thing to be careful of is they are a counter attacking team, and they do have quality going forward. In in Bruno, he's a whinge bag, but he's got quality, and and Rashford is, you know, good on the counter. And, and preseason, I know it's not easy. To, it's not really good to use as an example. But preseason, we were far far better team against them. Martinez was cheating and. Uh, kicking and and doing what he does uh, best, and they caught us on with two sucker punch uh, counter attacks. So yeah, we do need to be aware of that, especially with the type of football that we are playing. Uh, people talked about the noise in the stadium, um, and because of the balloters and and stuff that uh, ballot tickets and I, I think the train strike maybe had an effect. But I'll tell you what, noise we'll be hearing very 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 soon in uh, the Emirates Stadium. We'll be hearing that. that. I, the last time I played that, we got taken off YouTube. Uh, so I didn't put any more than that little bit because otherwise they'll, 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 they'll ban us because they're awful. Um, what was the, what was the even, advert a few years ago, Ferg? The only place in London for Champions League football? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got nothing, haven't they? Time's changed, haven't they? What a shame. Yeah, what a joke. Uh, we got, we're in pot two. Um, pot one is City, Seville, Barcelona, Napoli, Bayern Munich, PSG, Benfica and Feyenoord. As I said, we're in pot two. And then pot three confirmed is Shakhtar Donetsk, Salzburg, Milan, Lazio. And who's that bottom one? That's Red Star Belgrade, isn't it? Um, with Braga, Rangers and Dynamo Zagreb uh, possibles. FC Copenhagen, we'll be all crashing that. Um, uh, Alex's house. Please, young boys. Please. <laughs> Young boys, Galatasaray are still yet to be confirmed in pot four, but likely. And they got Real Sociedad, Celtic, Newcastle, Union Berlin, and RC Lens. Trev, how excited are you about having the Champions League football back at the Emirates? I cannot wait. I don't care about Champions League football at the Emirates. Couldn't care less. I'm off on my trips. <laughs> First, we've got to be Dan. We've got to be busy on that WhatsApp group on Thursday, mate. As soon as that draws down, and we know where we're going. We will uh, 
Give I've put three. I've put three hours in my diary that's taken up as private on my uh, work diary, ready to watch the draw and then book flights. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Because Dedication. Fergus will be coming with us. Fergus will be coming with us. It may be a. It may be a, a fly drive or just a drive. We don't know. It's exciting. I know exactly who I want us to draw. So, if we if if we get somewhere in Holland or uh, northern France or uh, in the, the west side of Germany, yeah, we can drive. Um, but I think if it's any further than that, then uh, we'll have to we'll have to take um, a plane and uh, you know Ryanair, EasyJet, Wizz. I don't care. I'll take a push then, bike if we have to. I don't care. They're cheap to come, maiden. Twenty quid return. Not when the Arsenal are coming there. Not probably not. You'll have to book it early. As soon as that draw is made on Thursday, and well, as soon as the dates are set in stone, them airline companies they put their prices through the roof before you can blink. That's why when we went to Switzerland last year, we flew to Milan and drove. And what a trip that was. I don't mind doing that. I loved every second of it, you know. But uh, come on, Fergie, you've got, did. to put that, you've got to put them groups back up, mate, and let's choose who we want, eh? Let's see Go on, then. So who do you want in pot one, then? Uh, I'll let you do pot one. I'll let um, uh, Dan do pot four and uh, pot three for, for Alex. So pick pot one. Who do you want to go and play, uh, Trevor? Oh, I'd love to draw Barcelona, mate. Love to draw Barcelona. If I can't have Barca, give me Bayern Munich. Okay. Um, Alex, pot three. Pot three, I'll go with... If I was going myself, I'd go with Braga. Um, not not the best team, uh, but they've got a nice ground. Um, yeah, and I'd like to go to Portugal as well. Okay. And Dan, pot four. Who do you want to have pot four? I'd like to avoid the Danish because we know what they're like. But um, other than that, <laughs> oh, okay. I would genuinely, I would take absolutely any team in there. I think the the most dodgy one is probably Galatasaray. But I, um, I'd love, I'd love a Union Berlin trip for me. And um, there's a possibility that match day two could be on the third or the fourth of October, and the fourth is my birthday. So I'm, I'm hoping for a lovely away trip on my birthday if the stars align. Is that the second hug of ginger day in the year? Because I know yeah, it whatever you like, mate. When I've got a beer in me and abroad on on tour with the Arsenal, I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Champions League is going to be absolutely absolutely great. Just to hear the noise and and it's the quality of the teams. Like I've enjoyed the the Europa League journey, and I've enjoyed going to the away games and some of the more um, interesting places that we've been to. Uh, and Trevor, even more interesting, going up to going up to. Um, uh, the Arctic oh, no. Circle and go to Bodo, yeah. Um, but let's see, let's see. Uh, you've already given us a prediction for Man United. You've gone four nil for Man United. Um, what are you going for, Man United, um, Dan? I mean, before the United prediction, are you going to let me and Trev do another podcast from abroad? I'll be there. Never. Well, no, I think it's got to be similar conditions to last time. I think that was uh, what? fifteen Dan, points in. Let me tell you something, Dan. There is no way our Irish friend will miss that first trip this year. I read him like a book nowadays. He gives it all that, but he'll be there. Mind you, Dan, how much beer did we have before we did that podcast last year? That was hilarious. Didn't we get on to two and a half? I think, well, I think I might have been heading towards three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I think we did. No, I think... Uh... What you talking shit for? <laughs> I think I think back back to United. I'm going with three one, um, three one, and hopefully a commanding performance. Alex, 
United prediction? I'll go with uh, with three one as well, and a sending off for uh, Martinez in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> Martinez. Oh, one of you will have to get it in, won't you? I'm going to go two one to the Arsenal. Uh, I can actually see a draw as well, but I I, I will uh, go two one, especially because uh, my brothers um, are both Man United fans, so I, I want to give them give them just loads, good loads. Uh, listen, if you're watching out there and you're on YouTube. Do click over. I think Facebook has crashed for some reasons, but if you're on there, make sure you're clicking the like and subscribe button. Uh, you have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal oh, podcast by it. Arsenal fans you for Arsenal ending. fans. It ain't happening. Uh, you ain't ending. This hang, on, hang on, hang on. Just, 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 just play this first. Oh. Go on then, play it then. Factor is by uh, far the oh, best. Hang on. Should we sing our own song? We're all going on a European tour, European tour, European tour. Fergus, what are you doing? Uh, just go on, you talk, you talk. Okay, right. In other words, he's messed up. Can we get him out of our no for Jack. Thank you very much. This is exciting. <laughs> nice bit of piano. You can fucking go off people, can't you? From the Cali to the cross, from every shit so in between. Past the church, the mosque, the crack den, and the offy on the corner. See the brasses from the brothel that pretends to be a sauna. Watch the bedroom in the bookie. See the winners and the losers seeking solace from their sorrow in the local battle cruisers. Through the madness in the market, where the faces turn to greet ya. Hello, governor, as your mother. You're at some be lucky geezer. Double fire mashing liquor, a couple rows in the up chat, or watch retired gangsters bicker. Every day in office cat, the little fuckers causing trouble for the causes make you smile. You meet your no, this is an extended 12 inch version. From the full to the heavy, all the faces are the same. Cause the manner might be changing, but the people still remain. That's the best version of that you've ever played, Ferg. It's got me right going, that has. Especially the one-minute piano intro. Yeah, mind you, it did, it did Dan good and proper. I've, I've never seen, seen you go like that before. It just got, it got me giggling. It would have been a one-hour show. It's now one-hour ten just because Ferg played the intro. 
Uh, th there's three minutes before that and it, it, to be honest it was a lovely dedication to a friend of his who sadly died very young and left a wife and kids and everything else um behind arnie who's in the chat sent that to me um before saying that we should use that version and as he said he's played it back hundreds of times so uh, a great song um it's sung louder and louder and louder every time at the emirates and on on sunday people make sure you get there and scream your lungs out um, because it really does give us an identity uh, at Ooh. the stadium. And it, it really does. I think it gets the players. And I also think that noise uh, intimidates uh, opposition fans. And Dan's even got an idea for the concourse, uh, which we'll talk about uh, on next Monday, because it's it's going to, you're going to, you're going to be, um, you had an idea you said to me, do you want to talk about it now? Or are you you're going to do it on can do. It's not a big idea. It's just I think I think we should start getting it on the concourse. I think maybe is the uh, sort of last song before we all break away and go to go to our seats. I think it'd be an idea to have that as our finishing song. Get everyone singing it loud. I think it will sound good on the concourse as well and get everyone going. So and it might even make Trevor cry. <laughs> might do. <laughs> I don't think that, it, it's not difficult to make Trevor Tre, Trevor cry. By the way, uh, Trevor, the wife burnt your thong. The what? This is taking a turn. The, the wife wrote your song. Too, too, too much information. She um. So Fergus ain't working, and Trevor's had his song. But Alex, I think we need to break away, mate. This is too much. <laughs> so, so, so Trevor, because he's coming down from Manchester, uh, said to me on the phone the other day. He says, "Oh." I'll have to, I'll have to pack a pair of pants, and I'll have to uh, get a toothbrush. I said, "Well, I'll give, buy a toothbrush and leave it because he's crashing here and stuff like that." And I said, well, "You can always stick him in the post." He said, "That's a great idea." So he said, "I've sent a, a sent um, I've sent a, a package in the post." He says, "Was your wife listening?" And she was. She said, "Jackie, make sure you iron my pants. <laughs> I can't wear unironed pants." <laughs> oh, I love a luminous green, a luminous green. What, what you two are into, I'll leave between you two. <laughs> By the way, too it's much. My, it's my beautiful wife's birthday tomorrow, lads. And uh, I just want to wish you, she does watch this now downstairs. Happy birthday, sweetheart. I love you very much. And I'm not Happy birthday, Donna. There. Happy birthday, Donna. The beautiful yeah. wife. Is I'm not saying how old she is, but it's her birthday tomorrow. It's going to be and a half. Well done putting up with you. Certainly, certainly 20 years younger than you, Trev. She must be. Yeah, at least, yeah. At least. She's at least. Like, no, she's a lot younger than that. Um, yeah. Also, uh, re written. I see Dan's in the chat. Um, congratulations on your engagement. And also, I've seen in the chat, Hannah, Hannah Hughes, who uh, has drinks with us, and you see her in the video um, when we go out at the end in the Woodbine. Uh, she's... Uh, uh, gone over and done a knee and good and proper and she'd been very very ill so we wish you a a, a swift recovery listen uh we're done uh matter here uh unless trevor do you need to he does yeah there we yeah. go Ferg, listen listen son there's two things that have happened last week that we've spoken about that i can't let drop right and and i'm going to raise it again on here and if by billions billion billion to one chance gary neville ever gets to hear what i say here i'd love a reply Last week, after Tommy Asu gets sent off, Neville's words were, you'll always get booked for something like that, right? You will always get booked for something like Tommy Asu did. Well, I don't know how many games of football you boys have watched this week, but I've seen three or four games where someone's been on a yellow card and committed something far worse than that. 
and not got picked up. So come on, Gary Neville, Ed, you're meant to be the expert. Talk like the expert. Give us what we want to hear. Say it properly, right? Players don't get booked for silly little things like that. The referee made a big mistake. And the other thing is this Mike Dean character. It's been all over the internet this week. I've been lively on Twitter with it, right? And when I saw him on, on, on the weekend, on Soccer Saturday, right, I was I was actually sick. I was sick in the back of my throat. He was sitting there on his pedestal, brushing it all aside like they're a bunch of mates. Uh, and, and it got all blown up out of all proportion. And I got a three-week ban for doing that. I did. Mike Dane, we don't give a toss what you got for it. We don't give a toss whether it was shot out of proportion or not. It happened, Mike Dane. It happened. You cost a manager his job. You cost countless people an hacker in the betting shop. You cost the team two points, and you knew you were doing it. You knew you were doing it by admittance. You're a disgrace. And I'm gutted that Sky News didn't put you in your place on Saturday. Sky News, Sky Sports should be ashamed of themselves for not actually putting you in your place and not putting you up that, uh, there on that pedestal. Right, I've said me bit. Come on, Gary Neville, liven up. Mike Dean, get out of here. We don't like you. Oh, Ferg, you're on mute. Come you're on. You're on mute, mate. <laughs> oh, yes. I've done it on purpose just to just to make the old man smile. He hasn't been smiling that much at all, has he? So he hasn't been smiling that much at all. Um, nothing more to say after that. Not, Ferg, but you're facing off going red, mate. What's going on? It's bloody warm in here, isn't it? I've got quite yeah, a lot of red lights around me, you know. So, yeah. So, <laughs> right, lads. Uh, see you Sunday. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. I'll be Arsenal.